0: How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast, and it is good to be with you. If you just stumbled upon the podcast, welcome. Uh, Super glad to have you here, man. Um, We're a community of men from around the world who are trying to take our faith, our family, and our marriage very seriously. We're trying to fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. We'd love to have you come hang out with us. You can do that by going to dadtired.com. Click the community tab that will link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook, like I said, with thousands of men from around the world who are like-minded. So come hang out with us over there. If you haven't picked up the Stop Behaving Devotional, it's a 28-day devotional for men uh, that we're just trying to help you figure out how the gospel radically changes your heart, your marriage, your family, and your work. You can pick that up by going to dadtired.com forward slash devotional. Actually, you don't even have to do forward slash. Just go to dadtire.com, click the devotional tab, uh, and you'll find it there. Today, I'm super excited. Uh, we've got another woman on the podcast, a sister in Christ. We've only done this, I think, maybe one other time with the Risen Motherhood hosts, uh, who are some good friends of mine. They're doing amazing ministry uh, over on their podcast. So if you haven't listened to that or pointed your wife's um to go listen to the mother risen motherhood podcast, I certainly recommend that but uh today we have Hunter belis who is uh has become a friend of mine she's so encouraging uh she speaks the gospel so beautifully uh and just is a as a constant reminder for me, as I kind of sneak into her podcast, even though it's called Journey Women, and I'm a Journey dude, I guess, um, she just does such a good job at taking situations and practically helping us figure out how to navigate back towards the gospel. And that's really what she did for us today. Um, I, I asked her a bunch of questions regarding motherhood and uh, wives, and what it's and regarding marriage, and she just did such a good job at like constantly pointing back to the gospel and giving a really good perspective for us men and insight for us men uh, from the perspective of a wife and from a, a, a woman and a mother. So anyway, uh, um, Hunter is a sister in Christ who, who loves the Lord and is just constantly encouraging me. I know she's going to encourage you. So without further ado, here is my good friend Hunter from the Journey Women podcast. Hunter, thank you so much for coming on. You are the technically, I guess, third woman, but only second episode that we've ever had a a woman on the Dad Tired show. So I'm super excited to have you. Uh, For those listeners who aren't familiar with what you're doing, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days.
1: Oh, hey, Jared. It is such a joy to get to be here. I always love being on the other side of podcasting and Yeah. I'm just a basic mother, wife. Um, I stay home with our babies most of the time. And then sometimes I sneak away to my closet and record the occasional podcast for my little podcast called the Journey Women Podcast. And I've been doing that for a little less than a year now. So my husband is in the army and we have been married for six years. And I think we've moved like four or five times in the last six years and had two babies. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah.
0: Holy cow, how has the move been? Like jumping around like that. Is it totally stressful for you? We were just talking right before we hit record like you're kind of type A personality. Uh yeah. and so is does that affect you at all all those moves?
1: Oh, I'm sure. It has affected me like in ways that I don't even realize, but yes, it is stressful in many ways, sad in many ways, but also adventurous and I really enjoy it um on a lot of levels. So it's kind of funny. Once you've been in for a while, you kind of start to get the itch after you've been in one spot for just a few years. But it's really been a true joy. You know, I didn't know anything about the military coming in. I literally did not know what a company or a battalion or, you know, a striker or any anything was. Yeah. An M4 And, um, you know, now I have learned a lot and it's just a really beautiful culture that we get to be a part of that I really didn't have any touches to before having met my husband.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you as a family for your guys' service to our country and the sacrifices that both of you guys make to serve our country. I really do appreciate that. So thank you for that. Uh, I was just, my wife, uh, I love moving. Like I, if I could move every six months, like I would move every six months. I'm I'm totally for it, but my wife is not. She would live in the same place um, for the rest of her life and be happy. And so when we, when we had our first well, I guess our our only two babies that we've had. During both of them, we were moving a lot. Um, oh, yeah. And so she's like... That is stressful. Yep. And she's super like please let's have another baby and let's just stay in one place and it's yes. going to be awesome. So oh
1: Yes. God. No, I okay. totally identify with that. And all the change around babies, like my husband before our first, he got home from a deployment, I think four days before her due date. Oh my so gosh. these things are very stressful, but the wonderful thing about the military is you don't really have any control over the situation. So you, the illusion of control is like stripped out from under you. So you just kind of have to just go straight to, okay, God, I trust you with this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today is really to pick your brain. Uh we don't get to pick a lot of women's brain on this podcast. We have a <laughs> lot of men perspective. Yes. Um but you, this is a Mother's Day episode and so I thought it would be helpful to just kind of have you on the show and share some of your perspective, maybe give us some insight on things that we might be missing. So that that's my plan for today. I'm going to ask you a bunch a of questions and uh and hopefully you can like give us some secrets that some of us guys really need to hear.
1: I think every woman is like, man, I wish I could be this person right now. Like, I just want to tell the men what they need to hear.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll make it like a five minute podcast so we don't get too overwhelmed because we can't.
1: (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) I commend every single one of your listeners because I listen to your podcast and I just think it's so awesome that guys are listening, desiring to be, you know, develop in their spiritual leadership in the home and in their relationship with Christ. I just, I I say that and I'm joking because I really just have the utmost respect for anybody mm. who even turns on a podcast that's like catered towards growing in this capacity. So yeah. well done well, guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I second that. Okay. So here's one thought I had and it kind of goes back to actually what you were saying in your introduction. In your introduction, you dropped the word. I'm just like a basic mom and wife, which, <laughs> uh, you know, any good husband, uh, and dad knows there's no such thing as like a basic mom and wife. Like you guys put in yes. so much work, um, especially behind the scenes and all the things that we don't even see. Uh, you guys doing. But one of my questions that I had was, um, there are many wives of husbands who listen to the Dad Tired podcast who are stay-at-home moms, and Mm. they are at home all the time. Uh, And then the dad, he works, you know, 40, 50, maybe 60 hours a week. He comes home, he gets like two to three hours maybe with the kids and with his wife before they all go to bed and start the chaos over again. Absolutely. Um, so, So I guess one of the questions would be for the dad, like, From a wife's perspective, from a mom's perspective, how would you see those two or three hours best being spent? Um, As much as we want to, like, come sit on the couch and maybe have a beer and watch a game, um, how can we best spend the two to three hours um, that we get at home with our wife and kids?
1: Oh, man. That is a really good question. I remember one of my mentors actually in college kind of speaking to some of my brothers in Christ and he said, you know, when you're on your way home, it's like you've had your first job and you're headed to your second. And so I mm-hmm. absolutely, I just, I can't empathize, but I just, I cannot imagine um, the amount of energy that it requires to actually provide for the family and then to come home and like emotionally and physically engage with the family after all of that. So I yeah. just, I am super uh, encouraged by any guy who's wanting to just grow in this area. And I think what I see my husband do really well is he also works really long days. He um, wakes up around like four thirty in the morning for his army stuff and then ends up getting home around like six 30 or seven at night. Wow. And we have a three and a one year old. And as soon as we get home, like he just starts to engage. And I think engagement and initiation is so huge when, when, um, when you step foot through the door, and I know there's probably you know there are moments where I think my husband takes like a, a step back and like gets a little breather, and we've communicated, especially on days that have been particularly stressful at work, where he's like, I just need to go upstairs and take a few minutes, and I highly encourage just communication in the midst of all of that. So I think just communicating and then and, and seeing needs and meeting needs, you know, I think for women really at the core of what we want as women is just to be seen and to be known by our husbands. And Mm so um, I think just seeking to know your wife, like in her uniqueness and her unique needs and and the unique challenges of every, you know, the season that you're in, in that moment, whether you have little kids or whether you have teenagers um, and just to come alongside her and to see how you can support her in that. And I think the communication piece is so huge because um, I don't know about you guys, Jared, but for us, like we've been married for six years and I have changed so much since I was like a 24 year old baby and now I'm yeah. 30. Yep. Um, and I was even just thinking about, you know, all the ways that I have changed personally from like the most basic thing to where when I was 24, I didn't like cut flowers. I liked planted flowers and now <laughs> I like cut flowers for some reason. And there's no like logical explanation. I have no as to idea what that even means.
0: i have no idea what that means but but i trust that it's a big deal
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly and i think where that like where like the practical action step is just to ask questions right Mm. so and then to like take the time to actually listen because um to the answers and then to To ask even more questions, like if you're perceiving like, oh, to ask for feedback, like, oh, so this is how I can help you. Like, am I hearing that right? And for the for the wife to have the opportunity to actually respond versus you coming in and thinking that you know how to meet the needs. And, you know, it may it may just be that that might not be the same priority for her in that moment. So I think communication is so big on that, at least for us anyways.
0: Yeah, I think as guys, like we we love to fix things, we love to solve problems, but I think where we get tangled up is we assume certain things are a problem, and maybe they're not a problem, or maybe they're not just as big of a problem as they are to you when we walk in the house, and
1: so... Uh, and yeah. every life I is going to be so different, you know. Yep. Like to me, the trash might be my thing, but to somebody else, you might say ignore everything that's going on in the house and just get on the floor, roll around, and play with the kids, you know. Yeah. So I just think it's going to be a little bit more unique to each like specific relationship.
0: Yeah, I I heard I heard a mentor one time say that. Every time he came home, the first thing he did was, like, hug and kiss his wife and, like, just hold her for, like, 30 seconds or a minute. He actually put put a time on it, which was interesting at the time, but makes sense to me now. But even, you know, the kids obviously want daddy's attention fully when when daddy walks in. But uh, just to communicate to them and to your wife, like, hey yeah I'm here to serve you and I'm here to like put your needs above all else right now so i thought I thought that was cool
1: yeah um, i I agree completely with that and I think it just again goes back to this desire that we all really have for intimacy and that's the way in which God created us like he himself experienced intimacy you know within the persons of the Trinity before man was even created and then he creates man in his image and then you know we as women were created and fashioned from the man and, you know, God, he didn't just take like a pile of dust like he did with Adam and like form another human. He actually took the rib from the man. And I think for women, like what we really want, even in something as practical as when you come home from work in those two to three hours, we want to be known in that like rib from your very body kind of known. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that level of intimacy and oneness. And that just requires a ton of study, a ton of energy, a ton of effort, a lot of questions and a lot of listening and a lot of failure (laughs) and a lot of grace, you know? So,
0: Man, that's helpful. I think that yeah. I think the key there, the key takeaway for me there, and for probably the guys listening, is going to be the communication piece. Because, like you said, it's going to be different for every single wife. Um, to to that to to be known and have that level of intimacy for some wives and their love language, it literally might mean like. Yes. clean clean the house and like take yes. care of the dishes for and like others, an of service girl yeah, yeah right and others are just not going to care about that they're just going to want oh they like,
1: just want to be held like you yeah. said they just want to be kissed they just want to compliment you know i have a couple thousand women that are following me on instagram and i ask like what are some things c- kind of in preparation for this talk like what are some things that you know you wish that every husband would know? What are some things you wish your husband would know? And it was crazy because some of them went from the practical to like, man, I wish he knew when I needed help, like mopping the floor Hmm. to somebody else saying, man, I just wish he knew how much it means to me when he gives me the most Basic compliment, like that, literally changes my whole world. You know, Mm. so it's it really is so much about just knowing and being known. And like when I think of the word intimacy, I think of the phrase, the catchphrase, like "into me you see." And so to have that level of intimacy, where when you walk through the door, your wife maybe she had a great day, maybe it's the same day that it happens every day. You know, where you come home for those two to three hours, but maybe you walk through the door, and you take a survey, an inventory of what's going on in the house. And you just need to say, baby, I got this. You go upstairs and get, get with your yep. Bible or go to bed, go take a bath, go have a glass of wine, you know? Yep, like, yep, yep. And that requires like a level of knowing.
0: Yeah. So I'm actually super curious to know what all the other answers were when you asked what, are, <laughs> what were some things that they wish that us husbands would know? Do you have any others? Were there any other yeah. things that like stuck out to you?
1: Yes. Some of them sounded a little resentful. Like I wish he knew how much I actually (laughs) did, like that I actually work all day. Um, and then I think some of them were a little bit more intimate. Like I wish he knew that I wanted to be pursued romantically. I wish he knew that I still wanted to be dated. Mm. Um, like, like we were when we got married six years ago. So it was really, it was a very interesting question.
0: Yeah. If you could like write all those down and send them over to me so we can go (laughs) over, that would be really
1: helpful. Again, keep peace, Jared, know your specific (laughs) wife. So just ask her and listen. And I think that's where the humility piece really comes in because we don't really want to admit like, oh man, like maybe we haven't really been knocking the ball out of the park in this area and i this is the same for me like this isn't just like h- husband specific like, this happens for me as a wife too where you just kind of realize like the demands of life have taken your attention or captured your attention and there's so many of them and Um, just to have that humility and just to say, like, to to create simple questions, um, just to get to know your spouse again, because I can almost guarantee, I I don't know, I can guarantee your wife has probably changed. Her preferences are ever changing.
0: Yep. Another mentor of mine said, uh, you know, when you get into marriage, you don't marry one person, you marry like six people, because basically (laughs) what you're saying, like we change all the time. It's so true yeah, um, really yeah I'm going to look up the whole flower thing, potted flowers, planted flowers, whatever. <laughs> that was I saying. can explain it if you want. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was just doing, it. <laughs> I trust you on it. Oh, okay. So there are a lot of us guys, like we want to be the spiritual leaders of our home. Many of us have a high desire for that, but we actually have no clue what that actually means. Um, every guy in the dad tired community is like, yeah, of course I want to be a spiritual leader. And then you're like, okay, what does that mean? Practically, mm-hmm. most of us, uh, have a hard time kind of grasping, what that practically looks like. So I guess the question is, in your opinion, what are some ways that a husband can support his wife on her spiritual journey of falling more in love with Jesus?
1: Yes. I think the number one suggestion that I could offer is just to pursue Jesus intimately yourself. Like I can tell you, Jared, that there is no more encouraging thing than seeing my husband get home at seven o'clock at night, play with our babies till they go to bed at eight, fall asleep by 9.30 or 10, just out of pure exhaustion, and then wake up the next day at 4.30 in the morning just to spend time with Jesus. And it doesn't look like this huge, like inductive Bible study time for him. Like he literally just reads straight through the Bible and probably reads for maybe 20 minutes a day. But knowing that he does that just brings me um really so much security in following him like knowing like he is submitting himself to the authority of the word and he is seeking to follow the lord and then also just in my own like walk with the lord just being mutually encouraged by his faith so I think just pursuing the Lord on a personal level, I just don't think there's anything better that you could do with your time.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And because, and then he's not, he's not faking it and you know, he's not faking it. He he didn't just like read a book like, and that told them he should pray with you or with the kids, but he's, he's genuinely following in love with Jesus. And that's going to make it, I imagine way easier for you to follow that kind of leader. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That's such a good answer.
1: And I know Brooks would say like he hasn't always batted it out of the park. I keep using that analogy. He hasn't done that well in every season. Um, So I think he would want me to caveat that. But I know that it is his general practice. And that just brings me so much comfort. And then, you know, you hear this all the time, like giving the gift of time, especially for moms that don't have a whole lot of extra time on their hands. Um, And I just think, that you know giving your wife the freedom telling her baby I want you to be investing in your walk with the Lord and so I want you to go and I want you to spend time with Jesus I don't want you to do anything wife related anything motherhood related don't catch up on any of your work just go and be with the Lord and study your Bible, do whatever you want to do in regard to like cultivating intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have a lot of time, like on the weekends, like for example, Brooks and I, we are going through a three week period of separation right now just for army related training. And so when he gets back, I don't, I, Honestly, I don't want to go like read my Bible like, yeah, yeah. when he gets back. And so I think if you're in kind of unique circumstances where you're or maybe it's not unique, maybe it's universal where everybody's just working so hard so much. Um, I think just really practically like hiring a sitter. And there's a couple times in the three weeks that he's gone that I'm just going to take the time that I have with a babysitter here to invest like in my own spiritual growth. So that's a real encouragement knowing that I have his blessing to do so.
0: Yeah. I, um, I bought my wife the She Reached Truth Bible that came yeah, out this last that's year.
1: Yeah, gift. Yeah, thank you,
0: Jared. Thank you, thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just trying to find, you know, like you said, find ways to encourage her to fall more in love with Jesus. Yes. I thought that would be a simple way to do that.
1: So. That's a really practical, wonderful tip.
0: Yeah. What about with your kids? Has has your husband? Have you seen him um, engage with your kids on a spiritual yeah. level that you found has been really encouraging?
1: Yeah. I think this one again is just initiation. Um, you know, I think that it can seem really intimidating. I imagine it can seem really intimidating to have to like lead the family spiritually. (laughs) Like that's a huge weight. Yes. Um, But I think that that leadership can just be as simple as you guys sitting around the kitchen table on a Sunday morning. Maybe that's the only morning that you get to eat breakfast together. And your husband saying, Hey, baby, like kids, let's, let's read the Bible together. Like, baby, can you open it up to, you know, one of these chapters of the Jesus storybook Bible? And can you read for us? I don't even think it has to look, like you reading, like right, right. I think as oh as a spouse, like I just look to him for that type of leadership. Like I desire to follow him in that capacity, and so even for him just to initiate prayer times, like to initiate praying before bed with the kids. If you're able to do bedtime routine, um, to initiate like where, for example, like doing catechism work or reading, uh, memorizing scripture, like for him to bust out the cards and be like, hey guys, like get your vitamins. That's what we use as bribery. Um, get some vitamins. <laughs> That's awesome. Vitamins. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, we're going to work on our verses together while mommy puts breakfast together or whatever. Um, I just think it looks like initiation and in the same way it looks like initiation in our relationship. Like it means so much to me that my husband would just ask like, hey, how can I pray for you this week? And it's not like a super you know, spiritual question necessarily. It's actually pretty basic, but just him taking um, a step of initiation, I think shows so much leadership, um, not only to me, but to our kids as well.
0: Yeah, I, that's such a great answer. I think that a lot of guys get par- paralyzed, you know, the analysis paralysis uh, mm-hmm. statement that they just they they can't yes. imagine being the perfect spiritual leader and so they do nothing. Nothing, yeah. And so I think what you said there is just perfect. Like just initiate, even just asking a question or saying let's yes. read this together. You don't have to have all the answers, but just oh. like go for it.
1: Well, and initiating too, like getting together, like I with other believers, like I think about that Hebrews what ten twenty four and twenty five, where it's like, n- let us not give up the habit of meeting together as yep. some, you know, do and. So for you to to encourage your wife by when things are getting hard, like Sundays are one of the hardest days for me when the babies are really small, just to get everybody dressed, to get myself dressed, to fix my own hair, and then to get out the door, to get to church. And then I'm probably walking around the hallways with a bouncing baby on my hip who's crying, not happy in the nursery. So just to do whatever you can to encourage your whole family to get with other believers in the context of Christian community, I think is also really simple, but really Um, impactful. Um, And then I just think about even coming home from that experience and asking, Either what was hard, if your wife was out in the hallway bouncing the baby on her hip, yeah. or what is it that you like picked out from the sermon that just was impactful for you this week? Like, it's a, such a basic question. You can use the same question every week, Jared, and <laughs> it's helpful. still potent. Yeah,
0: one one go-to question that I use often with my wife is, "How's your heart?" It's like the most basic yeah. question, but she's yes. she's known that that's like permission for her to just like oh. dump whatever oh. she needs to dump. Yes. Um. And so yeah, you any guy can steal that one. Just how's your heart? But I like that one too. Just right after church or as you're driving yeah. home, like what stuck out to you? What was hard? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's great. Actually, so one thought that I had on the whole initiating the friendship things. Uh, friendships are weird. You've been married six years. I've been married. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. How long have I been married? Eight years. This is really embarrassing. <laughs> eight years. Nice. I, I always get stuck on like, am I in my ninth year or have I been married eight years? I'm terrible at math. I've been married eight years, um, and friendships are like hard as a, as a married couple and as, especially oh, yeah. as a young family, um, yes. trying to How figure old are your kids, Jared, I should uh, know this. Yeah, no, it's, uh, four and six. Okay. So you're just yeah. one step ahead of us. Yeah. And it's, just, it. we've had a hard time like finding well, There's so many good people in our life that we really mm-hmm. love, but like having these actual close friendships, um, one where you like where the husband gets along with the husband the wife gets along with the wife Oh my word yeah and then like, you can no just, one told
1: me that was going to be hard yeah
0: that's so well okay so that was my question like is this hard for you or are we the only yes. ones struggling with this
1: this is really no this is really challenging and like yeah i i could go on and on about it it's it's so funny when you see your husband having a connection like over the dinner table and you're just sitting there like almost like crickets chirping <laughs> staring at the wife like uh
0: <laughs> okay. So I'm going to throw something out there and you can tell me like, Jared, that's terrible. And that was not accurate at all. But it seems, it seems like guys, we can get together. And if we like play around a golf or we go shoot some guns yeah. or we watch a game together, we're like best friends. Or or especially if like one yeah. dude makes a joke, it's like, okay, we're best friends for life. Like we can do this. <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem. And again, tell me if I'm wrong here, but that women can like connect on a deep level that quickly. Yeah. Am I missing something or is that correct?
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's a spectrum here. But I would say that there are unique challenges to, especially like our time and our season of life that make it difficult to cultivate really deep, lasting friendships.
0: Yeah. Do. Do women, okay, again, if I'm taking us down like a rabbit trail, you're like, this doesn't make sense or you're offending me. Please tell me. <laughs> but uh, are there any, like, trust issues? Has our culture created uh, issues of, like, trust for girls? Um, maybe even starting young. Again, this might be a, yeah. a rabbit trail that we don't need to go down. Uh, but it seems like even young girls have a hard time, like, at, at close, deep friendships. Um, mm. And I'm wondering if that moves into um, – adult women, you know, and hmm. as we get married and stuff, that there's, yeah. there's this level of trust, like, are you going to hurt me? or there? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying for sure. And, you know, I mean, I think it just all, goes all the way back. It always, it always to me goes all the way back to the garden where, you know, we're talking about this intimacy piece and we saw that Adam and Eve had perfect intimacy, you know, before Eve took of the fruit and ate. And then when she sinned against God, then intimacy, like man-to-man intimacy between Adam and Eve, that was broken. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's just like a universal struggle, right? Like that experience of knowing and being known really vulnerably um, is a challenge because of sin. And then we see Adam and Eve, you know, run away and try and cover up and put fig leaves on and, um, try and pretend like nothing was wrong. And I think that's very characteristic of women. I I like, you look at the basic Instagram profile and you can see that that's like very evident. And obviously it's not appropriate to just completely air all of our dirty laundry on social media, but it just gives you a glimpse of how much women want to be perceived a certain way and how we will go to great lengths to try and curate that. So I think, You know, that is a huge challenge for us as women in particular. And yeah, I know that for all of us, when we have Taking the risk of actually putting ourselves out there and being transparent and vulnerable, we've experienced hurt. And so for some women, they may experience hurt really early on, like you're saying, as young girls, and the tendency may become to just hide more and more and more and more um, behind these kind of mirages or, or, you know, fabrications of what they want to be perceived as. So I definitely think that's an issue within, you know, yeah, I think it's like universal, but I also think it's women very much struggle with it.
0: Yeah, and and I think that the you know the good news in that in the midst of that bad news, the gospel would be that mm-hmm. um, that we can approach relationships with vulnerability because they aren't our God. Nobody is our God and they're not our source of our hope and our joy and our satisfaction. So even if we pursue and we love and we give more than another person's giving in a friendship Mm -hmm. and they hurt us, uh, we still have a better friend, a better God, a better savior um, who won't hurt us and who won't be unfaithful uh, in in his relationship to us. And so, Um, it's in, it's in, when we rest in the gospel that allows us to have the freedom to take risks in relationships. So I guess that would be my, um, Encouragement that you didn't ask for, but my unsolicited advice to I, I'm really <laughs> glad
1: you mentioned it because I think that's the only way by which we can move out from there and pursue intimate relationships is through experiencing like what God has initiated, like the most intimate act of all time, the most vulnerable act of all time with us um, on the cross as he sent his son to actually die for us, right? So he has initiated intimacy with us again. Now we can experience and walk in intimate relationships with God. And because of that, we can risk in relationships, Mm -hmm. right? Because He is our security. And so, Yeah, I mean, I think that just applies to everything we were talking about earlier in regard to, like, seeking to know your spouse on an intimate level, because there will be hurt inevitably um, that comes with, like, broken people knowing and loving broken people. But we have a great hope that, number one, like, Christ has come, and we can experience perfect intimacy with Him, and then He will come again, and this will not always be the way that it is in our relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ.
0: That's good news. That's good. It news. is. It's encouraging. Uh, yeah. Okay. F- as a as a wrap up here, um any last words you'd want to say to the husband who's doing his best to be an engaged follower of Jesus and to help his family do the same?
1: Oh, that's like the biggest question.
0: (laughs) Just real light. I'll just toss that light one out there for you to finish out on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just think like resting in the gospel, like what you were talking about. I think the temptation for any of us in any of these areas is just to think, man, I really have missed the boat here. And either to give up or to knuckle down and try our darndest to make it happen in and of our own strength. And so I think just to go back, to the good news of the gospel to know that we are deeply known and loved by God, like the God of the universe, sovereign God, who has declared the end from the beginning, who calls a bird of prey from the West and it flies to the East. Like He mm-hmm. also knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows when we sit. He knows when we rise. He knows a word even before it's on our tongue. And He knows and loves us so and sent His Son to die for us. And that brings us so—and because of that, through faith in Christ, we can have intimate relationship with Him. And so I think to move out of that rest and knowing that we don't have to do it all We are not going to do it all perfectly, but Christ has come and he has accomplished it on our behalf, like to pursue intimacy with your spouse and spiritual leadership in your home from uh, the rest that you have in the gospel. Like I just, you cannot do it any other way in a way that's going to be lasting and in a way that's actually going to be transforming in your home. So I just would encourage my brothers just to sit there. And honestly, I think as you do, it just kind of naturally and organically continues to work itself out.
0: That's right. Hunter, thank you for reminding us of the good news of Jesus. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I really do appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's been my joy. Thank you, Jared.